Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple, simple, simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. What's up, Nuggets Nation? It's your host, Vita Viva Diva, Jenna Garcia here with the Chicken Nuggets podcast. And of course, my lovely co-host and good friend, Riley Biller, joining us on the pod. You can check her out at Riley Biller. As we do every week, we are about to get ourselves into a deep conversation about the Nuggets. And of course, a deeper rant about what just went down last night. Riley, last night, the Nuggets lose game four and officially are swept out of the second round of the playoffs. And now all of a sudden, it's a full-on indictment of Nikola Jokic's entire MVP season. Like, he hasn't been averaging crazy numbers or he didn't have a 50-40-90 season. It just is ridiculous. I mean, it wasn't the best way for the MVP to end his season, that's for sure. But what did you think about game four and what the Nuggets brought and then we'll definitely get into the obviously the topic of the hour that ejection. Um, the game itself was um, I felt like electrifying. There's lots of intensity, lots of um, you know little pushes and talking with the players and lots of stuff going on in that game. The crowd definitely got into it. We've seen the crowd get into it this whole series. We saw a full-on boxing match with the Suns and the Nuggets fan. Um, but like UFC. Yeah. The thing is, is the thing, the reason why I truly do love the Nuggets and this team is in game four, they just showed so much fight, so much heart. And that's the best basketball to watch. And I didn't turn off the TV in the third quarter. I watched the whole game because you saw these guys busting it. And they kept it close. I mean, it it really was a super close game. And unfortunately, I think that the Suns are just better. And that's why they won this series. I think Chris Paul really stepped up, especially in this closeout game, and um, finished it out. And... I just think all around, you know, the Suns are healthier. The Suns are better. And um, I give them a lot of credit for that. But I also give the Nuggets credit for the effort that they really put in to the game. So, yeah. I mean, I knew that it was going to be a motivation for the Nuggets. You know, once Nicola gets tossed in the third quarter, I was like, oh, this is exactly when the Nuggets play their best basketball, you know, ironically. This team is the type of team that is, I mean, I think the word that's used most often to describe them is resiliency. You know, a lot of people consider them maybe the most resilient team in the NBA, especially with, I I don't think there's any argument against that at this point when you're talking about them playing in the second round against a team who very well might win a championship this year and their, their MVP is tossed. Their second best player has torn his ACL and they're starting like Marcus Howard is getting full minute is getting like real minutes in this series. Marcus Howard, I'll remind you, both Riley and I are taller than Marcus Howard. <laughs> like, and he's playing in these NBA games, real minutes. They're playing two-way guys. They're playing Facundo Campazzo, who also comes up to like Riley's shoulder, probably. She's a little bit taller than me. So he's, you know, Facundo's probably my height, but, and, and he, I mean, we can talk about him in this series 
and in this season as well. But, and we definitely will for the next couple of weeks, we'll bring you a couple of other episodes and stuff that we deep dive into each individual players and kind of what their, their future looks like on this team. But as far as game four goes, I knew that was going to be the moment when like, oh, this is when the Nuggets show up to play, you know? And I was talking pregame um, with Harrison Wynn from DMVR and he would, I was just saying to him, you know, the Suns, like you said, Riley, are a better team this year. But more than anything in regards to them being better, I, I think they're mentally a smarter team than the Nuggets have. They have more basketball IQ with guys who are actually available to play. The Nuggets aren't just missing some of their best players, but they're also they're, they're guys who have great basketball IQ are out. Like Paul Millsap, he's available to play, didn't play. DNP coach's decision, Millsap was a terrible the Suns are a terrible matchup for Millsap. He probably shouldn't have played any of those four games, but it also very well could have been Millsap's last night in the Nuggets uniform last night. He's one of those guys that I'm like, okay, basketball IQ is there. He's smart, really good defender, but he's, he can't do what his body used to do. So he can't provide that, that, that basketball IQ and his physical ability or health is not there. And like you said, the Suns are healthier and they're a better, they're a smarter team than the Nuggets with the exception to Tory Gregg. I will say even Nuggets, the Nuggets locker room, their coaching staff always has commented on like, we're not so sure about, about Tory up in the noggin. All right. Like great basketball player, great guy, love Tory. He's a great, he really is. He's been nothing but nice to me. He's genuinely a great guy, but not the basketball like you that ain't there for him i mean lucky him he's out there like filming on instagram live the sun's locker room if you got to see a clip of all those dance moves that they put out there that was tori's live um and obviously he got to play actually i was thinking about it this morning tori's played with three mvps in two years he played with Giannis, played with Jokic. And now he's playing with Chris Paul. Just ridiculous. Like he's gotten to play with three MVPs in two years. Got to be good for his uh, basketball IQ. You would hope. You would hope. But aside from that, they do have like guys like Booker, Bridges, some really good basketball IQ guys out there. And I think the Nuggets, where it really hit them, and where that's where it really like hits them kind of below the belt a little bit is yeah, did they have some healthy guys they could have put out there against this Phoenix team? Yeah. Were they the smartest basketball IQ guys? No. You got Monte Morris, who showed up for for the last two games, but didn't show up in game one and two. You got Nikola Jokic. And Facundo Campazzo, I would say he's got a good basketball IQ, but again, five foot nothing out there. Not going to cut it against some of these teams like DeAndre Ayton. I'm pretty sure all Facundo did was shoot threes after game one um, in this series. So it was just, it was definitely like demoralizing to see the loss and the way they went down, but you knew they were going to go down whether Nikola Jokic gets tossed or not, the series doesn't change, right? Whether they do it in a gentleman sweep or do it in a regular sweep, the series doesn't change. We knew the Suns were going to, go ahead and roll the nuggets and move forward because they're healthier. And I honestly think that was the best decision for the nuggets too, like health wise. When you think about how many minutes they've played over the course since 2019, you're talking about two seven round series into the playoffs in 2019, then three, two seven round series in 20 in 2020 plus a six round six game series against the Lakers. Was it six or five in the Western conference finals in the bubble? It was to the Lakers. Yeah. It was five. five. So five games. And then you go, so you, but you're going another whole series deep and then two rounds into this, uh, into this playoff run as well. And so you, I kind of felt like it might even just be best case scenario for the Nuggets to be swept so that they can rest because you're talking about guys coming in in August for runs. That's not that far away. That's really not that that long to have two months off when you're talking about that deep of playing basketball. A year ago today, we were in limbo waiting for the season to still to for the bubble to start. 
Like that's crazy. They were playing like in July of last year. So I think it's best case scenario that the Nuggets were swept and moved on, but the, uh, the uh, ejection was just outrageous, Riley. Outrageous. You see it. So I'm, I'm in stadium. I'm watching it happen. I see Nicola run over there and I'm like, Oh boy, here comes one of those. Let's stop the, you know, a lot of teams do this when I foul a guy in the backcourt, whatever they have, they get it at half court. They're going to, it kind of stops the clock, gives the team time, the, the defense time to get down on the other end of the court. And I got to tell you, Riley, Payne was down like he had lost his left nut. I said it during this, during in the stadium last night, he laid on the ground like dude had lost his left nut. He was on the ground exaggerating exaggerating so much like I okay yes getting hit in the nose is painful we all know if you got if you've ever gotten your nose pierced your eyes immediately water because it's just like your nose is sensitive that's a sensitive part of your face sure but there was no intention or malicious intent to hurt pain he clearly got all ball and the top of Nicola's arm because he's got a big wide thick bicep it's pain campaign in the nose as he's going for the swipe on the ball Devin Booker gets in his face and I was just like I am shocked Devin Booker has the respect in this league like yeah dude can ball dude can hit shots but like he was at another point in, in, like close to the end of uh the fourth quarter he's like they showed him on on the jumbotron and he's telling Tory Craig and and Chris Paul bro we got to get out of here quick because this stadium is lit up like you could read his lips saying like he's we better hustle out of here, like thinking that he's going to get like in a fight with fans or something. I don't know what he's scared of. And Tori, you see Tori go, man, come on. Like this is Denver. There's no people in Denver to be scared of. There's not even a ghetto in Denver. Let's be honest. So I don't know what Devin Booker was so afraid of, but I know it is. Was it Nicola? It was Nicola's brothers. Did you see them on TV? Because I, they look like straight mafia members from Serbia like they look like they could fucking kill Booker like I totally understood that if Booker said that because let me tell you those dudes just looking at me at TV made me think if I wronged them in some way (laughs) well one of them fights UFC I'm pretty sure oh Uh, I believe it that's a scare those are some scary dudes I was like there's some great memes going around to like Booker better yank out of there. He messed with the wrong fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just thought it, I mean, you could tell immediately when he got into Jokic's face, all of a sudden Jokic starts backing him up, like real slow, walking him like a little top. Like I thought Jokic should have just picked him up and been like, move, get out <laughs> my way. Get, in fact, get out my stadium. Don't come here, you know, but like, of course, now that we have now we have a flagrant two, a flagrant two, and he's out of the game. The MVP. Riley, tell me if we're talking about, let's just be honest. If we're talking about DeAndre Ayton, same game, DeAndre Ayton doing the same thing. There's no way in hell he gets tossed. And he's not even close to an MVP candidate. Let let alone an all-star. Yeah, I mean, when I was watching on TV, when I first saw it, I was like, whoa because you watch in like real time and you just see like a swing of the bat and you're like what is happening yeah um and then they slowed it down and you see he gets mostly going and yeah like he grazes Payne's face clearly he was going for the ball he touched the ball a lot of ball and you also got to think who we think who are we talking about here are we talking about the Morris brothers, or are we talking Nikola Jokic, who hasn't had a flagrant one or two caught in him on, in three years? Sure. Do they honestly think he maliciously went into that? Like, it just, I was sitting there like it was either going to be a common foul or is going to be a flagrant one. Either way, I was like, I could see both sides of that. Mm-hmm. But then when they said flagrant two, I literally, just was in so much shock at what happened. Like how, I was just thinking in my head, like 
of anyone else in the NBA that would have done that. Literally, anyone else. And in that moment, in my head, I'm like, this league is even softer than I thought. Not only are they softer than I thought, they're biased, more biased than I even thought. And I already think it's a biased league. But now I'm just like, okay, so basically you're saying we want these people there. We want this team to prevail. We're going to help this team with calls. I don't know. It's sketchy to me. It's really sketchy. It's made me think. It's made me all these things in my head that I was already skeptical of. And it just enhanced it. And there's just no need for that. I mean, I appreciate John Morant really speaking his speaking out for it because I appreciated that he was just going off. Um, I mean, a bunch of people were, Twitter was a mess. It was like the top three things trending on the entire Twitter. Like it was a lot. Um, I will say the funniest tweet of the night. I, I think I was like giggling as I was falling asleep thinking about it again. <laughs> it was Terrence Ross. He said... I got slapped by Jokic earlier this year. He like almost slapped the black off of me. <laughs> and he, and then he had the blow up head emoji with it. It was pretty funny, yeah. It was a little annoying though, like how many people came out in defense of the flagrant two and it being a flagrant one. More, more superstars came out to say, to fight for Jokic in that moment than came out to congratulate Jokic for winning the fucking MVP. That's 100%. It wasn't only the stars. It was ESPN. It was a bunch of high-profile people. It's the first time I've ever seen a tweet with Jokic in it, which is super disappointing. Um, from a perspective of this side of America, I was getting – my phone was blowing up, and everyone seemed to think it was a flagrant foul. They're like, he wound, he winded way up. like, And they, like, froze when his arm was, like, stretched back. And I'm like – dude, okay, then freeze it when it's mostly on the ball. Right. And I'm like, and I'm like, I just, I'm like, there's no way that's a flagrant. And then I sent him the pictures of Draymond on LeBron, where it's literally both arms on his face. And that was a common foul. And I'm like, how is this consistent in the NBA? Right. It's no consistency. This is, this is an elimination game with an MVP. If this was the 90s, they wouldn't dare make that decision. It doesn't. I, I think if, if it was just a different market, they wouldn't dare. The Suns are barely coming on the scene as, as even hot. You know, nobody thought, nobody gave two shits about the Suns last year. Nobody. Nobody was caring about whether, nobody even, I'm pretty sure Devin Booker got snubbed for the last several years from the All-Star game because nobody cares about the Suns. If this had been two different markets, Knicks, uh let's say Nick Sixers you think they're eliminating Joel Embiid who by the way not an MVP never been an MVP wishes he could be as good as Nikola Jokic because I tweeted out at the beginning of last night's game that Nikola Jokic is the most disrespected MVP I've ever seen and I was name another another MVP that is disrespected this much and some people gave me good ones from like other sports no could name an, a disrespected MVP from this, from the NBA, the way that Nikola Jokic gets disrespected because, and I was specifically referring to not the fans, you know, of course people were in my mentions like Giannis, everyone, everyone hates on Giannis because he didn't make it past the first round or whatever last in the bubble. And yeah, fans do give him disrespect, whatever. I'm not talking about fans. Fans are going to give everyone disrespect because you can't expect to please everyone. No, no player will. But I'm talking about the respect of the league, the respect of his peers, to not have one, he was disrespected when LeBron didn't come out. I checked LeBron's timeline before we got on this pod. Let me just be clear. Double check. No, no, no. He has not said shit about Nikola Jokic. We won't even write the name in a tweet. That's, like, that's the most pathetic behavior I've heard. You can't come out and say, like, congrats, bro. You're the MVP. Because you know 
it, if it was Chris Paul, he would have. If it was, if it was Steph Curry, he would have. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear anything from it. That's disrespectful. He doesn't have the respect of his peers, despite except for from DeAndre Ayton, who went head to head with him in this series, and time after time after time was like, "Who's the MVP?" Like he's given me work. I'm giving him my best stuff. And DeAndre Ayton is an incredibly well-disciplined defender and did a great job, probably the best job I've ever seen from anyone defending Nikola Jokic, which is why like it's real respect, in my opinion, real respect, right? Like when you can say to somebody, you go head to head, you give them your best stuff and they still come out on top you show the respect to that person and you're able to say, that's why I like DeAndre Aiden as a player because he can at least own up and be like, he worked me, you know? CJ McCollum and a couple guys in 2019 um, also were like, damn, Jokic put in work in the four overtime game. I appreciate that from players. How come no players can come out and say, Nikola Jokic, who hasn't missed a game since 2017. In fact, ironically, the most he's ever missed since 2017 was last night's game due to being ejected it's just ridiculous so I posted that in regards to more about the league and the fact that the refs weren't giving him any calls early on in the game of course because of where that game went that has been retweeted way too many times and I have way too many people in my mentions with oh this got Giannis oh are you serious Chris Chris Paul's disrespected all this stuff about people who have been disrespected by fans or, you know, but not by the league. You tell me, you're telling me that if Chris Paul had committed that foul, the NBA players association president was going to be ejected from the game. I call bullshit. Hard call, hard bullshit. They would have never thrown him out. Not no. even Kevin Booker. No, not even Jamal Murray for that matter. I really don't think, they would have I don't think they would have for Jamal either. That's crazy. Um, it's mind blowing. Um, I feel like a lot of people were ready to like pounce on this to like hate on Jokic. I even saw this is just hysterical to me because it's just the complete opposite. I saw a comment after the flagrant foul of trending stuff. It was like, like I've always said, Nicole Jokic is a thug. I was like, this has got to be a joke. Like, this has got to be a joke. Like, this man is, like, I would say number one in the NBA farthest from being a thug. <laughs> Gentle giant. Like, everything, <laughs> like, carrying little kids and throwing them into the air. What? Nothing about Nicola's character. or per- This is a man who, after game three, who puts up 30, 20, and 10, took the blame for the loss and said, it was on me, not my teammates. I got to be better. And you're telling well, me there's so, <laughs> there so many things. It wasn't even worth like the thought, like it was just like, you don't even know basketball. Right. At right. all. Bad. It's takes, like, not, bad takes out there. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was heartbreaking for him to go out like that. Um, it took me a lot last night to get over it, but I think you nailed it on the head that even though it happened and it it wrongfully happened, either way, uh, either with another game or not, I think the Nuggets would have been bounced. I'm not saying it would have changed that, so, Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, it puts a perspective in. I saw our, our old friend Liv, who, uh, came on when I was back in Denver and she had a great post. It was like the softest leagues in America. Number four, NHL. Number three, MLB. Number two, NFL. Number one, NBA. And I was like, the truest thing I've seen in a while. I don't know though. The NFL got all their panties in a bunch over somebody kneeling. So let's be honest. They could be softer even. Because mm. throw a punch. But nope. Nope. It's pretty soft. After last night, NBA is taking the lead. Yeah. It wasn't a good look for the league. It wasn't a good look for oh, people were pissed. Like they were like, screw this is why I don't watch the NBA. 
screw the NBA because it's this. Yeah. It's this. They ruin a playoff game. Yeah. This is, I mean, it. the referees is the issue. And I think the NBA has a hard and heavy task ahead of them to evaluate their referees and what is going to happen moving forward because no one goes to an NBA game or even turns on a game on TV to watch the referees sing and dance and blow their whistle. Nobody wants you to be seen. Nobody even wants you there. In fact, why can't players just self-monitor like everyone else, you know, like, like they do in pick up basketball or whatever. Foul. Okay. So you have a ref there to mediate that, right? Because you know, guys aren't going to call every single foul or be totally honest. Sure. But that's what he's supposed to be there to, to do. Mediate the situation, blow the whistle when you have to. We're talking about, I mean, I could not tell you how many times Chris Paul has the ball in his hand. The whistle is coming. It's going to happen. Let's just pause for a minute and talk about how if there is no refs and it was just the players calling it, how many times would LeBron James go to the free throw? He'd be like, foul, 100 free throws a game. Man, I'm home. <laughs> but see, don't you think that that would be better? Because then at least you know when a guy is soft, he's soft. Because he's calling his own fouls. You don't go out there and call fouls for yourself. If you're LeBron James, you should be going to the free throw line the fewest amount. And that's why it would I think he would do it just to win games. Like, I really do. I, I also think he's just soft like that. He's a soft man. <laughs> which is why the refs should be there, which is why they have a job. But they got to do better than this. It's just – and it's not just this game. This game was a really good example of, like, it perpetuating and ruining a game. But it's been going on throughout this entire season where they've impl- inserted themselves into the narrative of games. And it's unnecessary – it shouldn't be there, and it hell—it sure as hell should not be in an elimination game when you're talking about an MVP in an elimination. I mean, even without it being an MVP for that matter, in my opinion, this is an elimination game. They let them go hard AF for the first two quarters. If Jokic had known that they were going to be, they were going to call soft stuff, then he probably wouldn't have gone up for gone for that foul because he because they had been letting them go hard up and down the court for all the first two quarters and the first part of the third two. I think the biggest challenge for the NBA is, I mean, yes, the, the repping needs to be fixed and cleaned up and all that. But I, I honestly think for the NBA, at least like from my side of things and from a lot of people around me down here, um, it's just the NBA has gotten out of control when with big markets controlling everything Two, Adam Silver not actually being the president of the NBA like he'll do whatever LeBron tells him to do or whoever so-and-so put your big boy pants on put a stop to things that need to be stopped and step up and do your job because I'm for damn sure that David Stern would have done that and he's probably rolling in his grave watching this and I just think right now it's a, I think the league is just out of control when it comes to these big markets, big name players, everything is controlled by them, the refs, the teams, the organizations, the everything, everything associated. And it's really turning people off. Yeah. Um, I know for me and being down in the Carolinas that that's the, their biggest issue. Um, you don't see that problem in the NFL, MLB, and the NHL. You see those leagues as a whole, led by a leader in specific teams, having just as much meaning as the other, and it being a team game. You don't see that in the NBA right now. You just don't. Big market situation clearly needs to change. I do think it. the more I think about big market, and how much it affects, because it does affect the Nuggets over and over. It affects the Rockies and the Avs. But explain to me how the Broncos, who are from the exact same city, who live in the exact same small, quote-unquote, small market, win championships. It's got to be, it's got to also be on the team and the ownership of each individual team to stop living like they live in a, 
like mindset of a small market, right? Because because the no, Browns, I mean, Milwaukee owning the Nuggets and the Avalanche, it's a different. It's from the top, it's messed up. Uh, because the Broncos have different ownership is why they've seen more success and more popularity. It 100% has to do with the ownership too. It There's just a lot of problems in the top bottom in the NBA. And I'm just very confused why Denver is a small market. It's one of the biggest cities I've been to. Right. A lot of cities. Well, small market. That's the thing. It's like the owners of the Broncos never thought of the Broncos as a small market. They've never held back money. They never, they go after big guy. you know, they're in the conversation for big name guys. They're not worried about skimping on, you know, this or that. Explain to me why the t-shirts they gave out for the, for game three and four to the Nuggets were the same t-shirts that were in the 2019 playoff series against Portland. <laughs> With the exact same marketing slogan, elevate. For the last three years, we've been fucking elevating. What the hell does that mean anyways? Elevate. That's what the t-shirt says. And then in big letters, elevate, right? And in tiny little letters underneath, Denver Nuggets. KSC, Cronky Sports Management Marketing Team, needs to be better. It's just unacceptable. It's their whole, the ownership, the way that they approach the situation has to be better. You can't just only be in the market for Aaron Gordon type guys. You got to be in the market for big name guys. You know, why didn't the Drew Holiday um, trade happen? Why didn't you package a deal better for, for Drew? You know, throw in Bull Bull in there before anybody's seen him play. Now people have seen him play. You think you're going to get that guy off your payroll? Doubt it. Doubtful. Because dude doesn't want to play. Well, I think it just either be an owner either it be Adam Silver, either it be LeBron James, all these situations have one thing in common. It's egos. It's pleasing themselves. It's doing what they want to do and not working as a team as a whole. Um, that's a problem. And it's sad to see because the NBA wasn't always like that. It really wasn't. super frustrating obviously it affects markets like charlotte it's gonna affect markets it affects markets like denver it's gonna affect markets like the suns but the suns for that matter have done a pretty good job in managing their payroll and being able to go out and get big names they were able to package a deal for chris paul and look at how well it's turned out for them you know you re it really has to do with your team and your management and i've seen a lot of tim conley hate on the timeline today and a lot of let's fire Conley and Malone. Conley built this team from the ground up. The reason they will have cap space is because of how smart Tim Conley is. I don't think that's your solution. It's Cronky. The guy who won't put them on TV. Here's the other thing, Riley. That Come on, it's simple. Last night, I walk into the hallway after the game to go pee before Malone comes on his press conference call and chants and high fives more Phoenix Suns fans were in the building last night than Denver Nuggets fans, or at least about an equal amount. Just ridiculous. How are you, how are you going to have a home game that's not a home game? Phoenix is not that far from Denver, and you didn't see Denver fans traveling down there. Why? Because <laughs> they're not connected to the team. Why are they not connected, you may ask? Because somebody did. Somebody was literally asking me. And fans who were in the stadium booed Josh Kroenke during his speech to introduce Nicola as the MVP. Straight up booed all the way through. Sure, this man is taking, that whole situation needs to go to fucking quarter. That's all I gotta say because it is a straight up monopoly, which has been illegal it for a very long time. Right. Like what the, like, the fact that people don't look at this and like, 
Oh my God, this is, this is not legal. It was the first thing I said to you when I found out about it, when I moved to Denver, I'm like, this is not legal. Like you can't, you can't do this legally. It's literally one of our first conversations was like Riley asking me, so how do I watch the Nuggets on television now that I'm in Denver? She moves across the country to cover a team who she could have better covered from <laughs> the Carolinas than from Denver. Because she had, you could watch them on TV from North Carolina, from South Carolina, but you know where you can't watch the Denver Nuggets on television, Riley? In Denver. What the hell? It makes no sense. It's, it's above an issue. It's a freaking lawsuit at this point. So I can't even be mad at like, at, at like the situation last night, you know, seeing, seeing uh, Phoenix fans cheer in the hallways and be more emotionally connected to a Phoenix Suns team that's making an awesomely fun run. You know who this Phoenix Suns team reminds me a lot about? The Denver Nuggets. Last year and the year before that, when they made big runs into the playoffs and nobody could watch them on TV. Nobody from their hometown could make an emotional connection to a team because they weren't on television during a pandemic. I had some dude like, that's not an excuse. They're not on TV. You should be there in the stadium. Excuse me, sir. I'd just like to say hashtag privilege. You have it. Not everybody has money to go to a state, a game in the stadium. Tickets are way, ticket prices have skyrocketed because only they're only letting so many people in. Yeah. That also confused me as well. I mean, I know Denver is in a different place in our country than other places, but Dude, when the CDC comes out and literally says, if you are fully vaccinated, you do not have to abide by the old CDC guidelines when it comes to COVID-19, you're, you go, shit, if they can either show me a, a COVID vaccine card or something, or just whatever, you go full capacity. I guarantee Denver, Colorado is mostly vaccinated. I, I guarantee it. And so to not have full capacity and have like a very, not y'all don't even have half, right? We had, we did for the lap for this series, but not for the first round. The Suns, however, were one of the first teams to allow full capacity back and fans back into the stands, even at smaller capacities. They were one of the first teams to do that. And so people have been able to go to games. People have been able to watch games with before they were allowed to go to the games and it, of course there's going to be more Phoenix Suns fans in the, in the stadium. And that falls on Josh Kroenke and Kroenke Sports Media and everybody who's involved in their management team and their marketing team who did a trash job of even trying to market this playoff run. Obviously, they weren't going to go farther than <coughs> just because <laughs> I we hear you. Nice for you to join us, sir. He's just really pissed off too. When I say crunk, when I say crunk, see, when I even attempt to say crunky, he gets wowed up because that's how we feel. So he's just trying to put his input in, right, Bentley? But it's obvious that that's what a big part of why fan, the fans weren't louder, weren't a bigger part of the game, weren't more involved. And then there's fans on on my timeline arguing with me about like, why are you hating on the shirts? It's not about the shirts, it's about the game. You didn't pay for a shirt. No, you didn't pay for a shirt. But if you're gonna do make the go ahead and make the effort of making shirts, please, you had a whole pandemic year where you got off easy. You know what? Nobody's coming to the bubble, so you didn't have to make shirts. You don't think you could have come up with some other slogan in those two years before this playoff run for for the playoffs other than elevate and you don't think you could have come up with a cooler t-shirt than the word outlined elevate did you see the atlanta hawk shirt that was dope did you see the spurs shirt a couple years ago dope the portland shirts also, denver has one of the most unique skylines in america use it literally use it you have the rocky mountains in the background it's not a lot the only other place i could say it is the jazz and they use it in every freaking graphic they own literally makes no sense and yet we're we go to interviews and get overshadowed for men constantly somebody hire us we clearly could be are good at our jobs we would be great at this 
Somebody hire Riley already. <laughs> it's so, it's it so. Just makes and for the people arguing on your timeline, here's what it comes down to, okay? Either you live in Denver or you live somewhere else, whatever, people who like to go to NBA games. Are you going to root for the team that don't put a lot of effort into their fans and their organization? Or are you going to root for the team that goes all out and does everything they can for their fans? Because for me, it's a pretty easy decision. Right. It's super easy. And you wonder, we, you know, like I always get pissed and I wonder, how come everyone wears Lakers everything? Well, one, yeah, it's not, it's partially because the Lakers have won a lot of years. Yeah. And they have historic seasons. Yes. That's part of it. And there's also, they put their name on everything. They put their logo everywhere. Shorts on the crotch, on the ass. Pair of Lakers shorts. You got to get them both because they're different. You got to wear them both ways. T-shirt, small Lakers logo, big Lakers logo, Lego, logo on the back, LeBron on the front, AD on the back, AD on the front. Like they do a million different well, they, The thing is that the Lakers do very well and why I think they're so popular, not just because they're in LA, but they are very good at following the trends. Uh-huh. They will make a product or advertise or whatever it is towards that trend. And you are targeting a very large audience. You're targeting a young audience. You're targeting their parents because they want to be part of the trend. You're targeting a lot of things. And that puts them in a different criteria than where the Nuggets are at. The Nuggets are doing the minimum to stay relevant. And, And you think that anyone, any age group that you just named wants to wear a shirt that says the words elevate in the biggest letters. Western Union Bank in the second largest letters on the front of the shirt and Denver Nuggets in the smallest letters on the shirt. No, no, nobody wants to support that. It's, it's frustrating and I hate to see Nuggets fans who like support it. They're like, yeah, I'm behind them because I, I love the Nuggets so much. You want, let me tell you something. The, the MVP t-shirt that went viral that was super cool of Nicola with all the words about how he's short, you know, on you yeah and then jokes on you on the back not designed by Cronky sports marketing team designed by one of the coaches on the team's friend he asked that his friend to design it a pr guy on the team had a friend who has a t-shirt company who created the shirt once it was hire the- that guy hire that guy <laughs> pr guy for the nuggets the nuggets players and the nuggets team you're not hating on them by hating on the shirts you are hating on Cronky Sports management, not the players or the team or anyone they care about. When they want something done, they do it themselves. When they want something cool done that they want to actually wear, they would make it themselves. So don't worry, you're not gonna, you're not supporting the team by supporting Cronky Sports management because they don't support the team from my from my perspective. If they supported the team, the team would be on TV. If they supported the team, the team would have better product. The team would have better, cooler shirts, more marketing. They'd be on TV more than just a Western Union ad. It's just, don't it, think, it's we just not supporting them. It makes me giggle because I feel like Denver could use so many things. It's a mile above sea level. It's, it's in the Rocky Mountains. It's this, this, and this. It's where Coors Light is made. It's blah, 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 right? And Denver doesn't, the Nuggets don't use any of it. But you know who in Denver actually really embraces being in Denver and uses the coolest slogans? Who? The marijuana companies. They actually really do. And yes, it's convenient that you're higher up on elevation, hence. But they really, I mean, I would walk into stores and I'd see a slogan. I'd be like, that is the funniest shit I've ever seen. I got to buy it. I have to buy it. It's too good. Like they, the marijuana industry in Denver takes full advantage of where they are. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like if you ask anyone from this side of the country, like anything about like legal marijuana, the first place they're going to say is Denver, Colorado. It's always been Denver, Colorado. It's always been Colorado. Why? Because Denver, Colorado makes the most out of it. And that's why it's so popular and and known as across the entire country yeah it's just like taking advantage of your situation the nuggets just don't they you would think they're in some rural area in south carolina that has absolutely nothing 
Right. And we have to stop blaming it on, oh, it's because they haven't won anything yet. It's because these players haven't won anything. I just saw that a player on the team win the MVP of the league. They are doing everything they can to possibly win things. I just saw them last year come up, come back from down 3-1 twice. So they have won things. They have, they've, they're putting in the work. It's not on Coach Malone, so people can shut up about that too. Even I give Coach Malone shit for like getting out coached, and he definitely got out coached in this series, but that doesn't mean that they're not relevant because Coach Malone doesn't get them to win or because the players don't win. One thing I will say, Riley, one big takeaway for me from this whole series, from the series with, uh, against uh, Phoenix specifically, MPJ has a, a big offseason ahead of him and an important offseason ahead of him. He was just not quite there. I mean, we saw it even in the Portland series, guys attacking him, going to offenses specifically, trying to attack his weakness on defense. And there were moments when he did good things on defense, but what we, and in Portland, the reason it wasn't such a eyesore was because he still hit shots. Against Phoenix, he couldn't hit shots either. He struggled to, to get his offense going even. He's got a super big offseason ahead of him. He definitely isn't ready to be the number two, in my opinion. What is your What was your one big takeaway from the series against uh, Phoenix? Uh, well, two. I would well to piggyback off of that. I would I will say that it is known that Porter hurt tweaked his back again. Very sensitive area. Should be a priority to make sure it's a hundred percent before anything takes place. Because once you really screw that up, you really screwed up, and it's over. Um, I do think he has a big off season, but I also think, I think he takes advantage of it. He got a nice taste of being uh, that second guy and maybe that motivates him. I think he does come back better. I really do. Um, hopefully that's watching a lot of film. Cause I think there's a lot of basketball things he needs to learn. Luckily for him, he has one of the smartest basketball players on the planet on his team, who I'm sure would be more than willing to sit down and watch film with him. Um, his dad his dad is about you know yeah I mean he has plenty of tools around him I really think he will have a big offseason I think he'll come back and until Jamal I think he'll I think he'll hold the fort well and I think when Jamal comes back he'll really this team's going to be sensational but uh the biggest takeaway I had from this series was depth it was slim pickings and the Suns are just going through their bench and everyone who comes in is putting in. You put in, you go in deep in the Denver Nuggets bench, not so deep. So uh, that's that's one thing I definitely took away this series. Yeah, they definitely sacrificed their depth at guard when they off with that trade for Aaron Gordon. But I mean, they weren't anticipating needing depth at guard at that point in the season. Right. So the injury to Jamal obviously was the most crushing before last night maybe for some people the most crushing moment of the season probably for most people still the most crushing moment of the season right but yeah. but I I do think that they they probably in the offseason look to get another guard add somebody else I, I agree with you that there were some slim pickings in the sense that they always seemed like I said a few pods ago we are always getting Facundo Composos like I love Facundo's Capazzo. Like after this series and watching this, like no slander to Faku. Like that <laughs> man is short, but he definitely is mighty. He is the slogan in a human. Yeah. No, he he even had some really big moments last night. He had some big threes. He had some big moments in every game. Like every time he hits a shot, you're like, or when he crossed up Chris Paul and like and Devin Booker last night a couple of times you're like the crowd loves that shit like well the best is when he was like you could tell he's like trying to talk shit to jay crowder and he's just talking he's talking jay crowder could not help but started laughing every time I he just started laughing like he barely makes it to his hips jay crowder is a huge human <laughs> oh bentley does not like jay crowder i'm with you bentley i have become well i will say um Adding a player like Jay Crowder is what the Nuggets need, ideally. 
physical, defensive lockdown, and a three-point shooter. All in one guy. That's what we need. We need a guy like Jay Crowder. Right? I know. If you think about, like, the Nuggets, or if it had been – tables had been turned and the Suns were missing – Jay Crowder, we'll say Jay Crowder is their Will Barton. Mm, kind of. He, we'll say Jay Crowder. Will Barton, Monte Morris, PJ Dozier, Jamal Murray. If we if we did like an equivalent, right? We'll say PJ Dozier is their Jay Crowder. You could add a few guys. You know, if they were missing those guys, if they were missing campaign, Jay Crowder, and Booker, there's no way that Suns team gets past the first round, gets past the oh, Lakers. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I think, so this is what I think is going to happen. I think the Jazz are going to end up beating the Clippers in six. Um, Not your original takes, by the way. I, I think that the Clippers team is going to be dismantled. I think Kawhi is going to Miami. Mm. Um, Pat Riley, I could tell as soon as he, that series is over. He had that man, that man sat in that chair like, we're fine. I got a plan. <laughs> oh, I know what this man's plan is. So I firmly believe Kawhi's going to go to Miami. Then you look at the rest of the Clippers guys. I think they're all up for grabs then. You're dismantling them? Okay, let's snag one of those guys. You know what? I wouldn't be opposed to getting a Morris and getting a physical guy on this team. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Do I like him? No. Do we need him? Yes. Um, Depending on injuries for the Brooklyn Nets, which said in game five that Kyrie and Harden are going to be out. I do not, if that continues the series, I do not think they're going to make it past the box. I really don't. Um, then you look, at the, you look at that situation. You're like, hmm, that's a, that's a bit interesting. Then you move forward where you want. I mean, fast forward. You're going to have the Bucks versus Philly. The Bucks are going to beat Philly fine. Then you've got to look at that situation. Hmm, Tobias Harris looks nice. Let's see what's going on over there. They're going to get dismantled too. This is supposed to be the rest season. Okay. So I think there's going to be a lot of changes coming. I think there'll be a lot of availability. We just need one or two guys, not superstars. Right. One or two guys off those teams. And I'm like, I like it. I think. I think you'll set us up, but I think there will be a lot of opportunities. I really do. Yeah. Aaron Gordon is signed through the, through next season. Um, but basically guys who will Paul Millsap, you got 10,000 in caps or 10 mil in cap space that you won't be using for Paul Millsap next year. JaVale McGee. Um, he's got, or, uh, yeah, he's got a $4 million contract, so there's a little bit more cap space. You got to wonder if they re-sign Austin Rivers. He did play really well for them. He basically think but over and over. And I think Will Barton's going to New York. Really? I do. What makes you think? think the next Carmelo Anthony, you say? No, I just think he's going to the Knicks. I think Will Barton wants to go to a team that he will start for, and I don't think he starts in New York. I think he starts in New York. Hmm. And I bet you that that'll be their pitch. I know they're coming after him. They have him on their list. It'll definitely – I mean, it makes sense. It, it could be a good fit for sure. Um, I don't know what he'll want to do. I know he wants to start. That's that's what I know he wants to do. He wants to start. So he'll go – in Denver. And I don't think that he can start in Denver anymore. I mean, you saw Michael Malone start Facundo Campazzo over him. You know how offensive that is to Will Barton? No offense over here because let me tell you, that dude busts his butt. Will Barton? No. Will Barton what last night? Team last night. Five points, yeah. Faku does it every night. Who was in the interview that said none of us do that? Was it Monte? Monte, yeah. Literally, he's right. So yes, I'm giving that man the start. <laughs> okay, Miss Malone over there. <laughs> um, yeah, I know Will Barton will definitely want to go somewhere that is going to let him start. That might mean a pay a pay cut. 
you get to start, but you're going to have to take a pay cut. I don't know. He's got a player option. Uh, I don't think he exercises it with the Nuggets, to be honest. I think Denver fans really left a sour taste in Will's mouth, for sure. As soon as they, they booed him, uh, and it was right after his cousin had passed away, and I asked him about his cousin passing. It was just one of those things, like, it all kind of happened, and fans couldn't know. You know, how would fans know necessarily unless you're really, really following him or whatever, but fans couldn't have known that. And then they boo him right after his cousin passes. It was very difficult for him. And I don't, and then a pandemic hits. And I think we've heard a lot of guys kind of speak out a little bit about some depression, some things that were very difficult to go through during the pandemic. And I think Will had the pandemic served him well in the sense that he had the time to really reflect about like what all that means for him and what does he want moving forward. And I think he really, he really wants to start. And I think his biggest goal is to take care of his family. His hashtag is PTF protect the family. It's a big lion and his family isn't just his kids from several different baby mamas, Instagram model baby mamas, by the way. No offense, Will, but come on. He could have made smarter choices, right? Yeah, at least you around me. But he's a dad, a very good dad, and a dad that's involved in his- You know what? I'll take that. Yeah, I will too. Who cares how they got here as long as you're taking care of them once they're here, right? So he's not just his children, his family, but he also takes care of like a big, like, like his- crew that he grew up with his people those are his family and he takes care of all of them and I think that that's what he cares about most moving forward um so we'll see if Will Barton comes back or not I doubt Paul Millsap does I know Paul Millsap I mean unless he takes like a really get pay cut and like they get him on a really good deal but I don't really see the benefit of re-signing Paul Millsap you have Jermichael Green next season on a okay deal but even Jermichael Green, not like I would be okay with them moving on from Jermichael and kind of using him to, to as a, P, a trade piece somewhere. Bull Bull needs to be a trade piece somewhere. Like, yes, all the hype and fame of Bull Bull and being the team that drafted him served us well. We were on the charts. People talked about us, but Bull does not want to play. I will say it over and over. He does not want to play. He does not have any intention of playing basketball, which is going to be a hard sell when you're wrapping him up but if you wrap him up with Will Barton and Jamichael Green and tie a bow on it with Bowl Bowl, maybe you can get him out of, out of there. Um, I do think the Nuggets should really work to develop Zeke Naji and prepare him. I think I, he's a great three and three and D guy. He should have been in there in that Portland series way more than he was given the opportunity. He plays great defense and he knocks down his three point shots. He's your Jay Crowder potentially. But I still want a guy with a little more experience, but I definitely see the potential. I really like Zeke. I really think this offseason is going to be a big one for him. So I agree with that statement. But yeah, there's a lot of guys they can move on from um, and they keep their core together. I, I think they'll make the right calls and they'll get it done. Going back to the Will Barton thing, another reason why I think he'll go to New York is I don't think they're going to give him a pay cut. New York is a big market, they overpay for everything. They'll overpay him too. Well, especially if they're seeking him out. If they're seeking him out, it's like they're going to pay him. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be good for Will. I hope he does get paid somewhere along the line. Vladko Chanchar, your favorite player. They got him wrapped up in in the back. I don't even know what to say anymore. What if they just bring him back because it makes Nicola happy? And Pam, what's the league minimum? 500000 I think. He's not having off 500000 I sure would be. Yeah. He's on the books for 1.7 mil. Yeah, that's a whole million over than <laughs> I can't believe we're even talking about this man being the NBA. I can't, I can't do it. Let's move on. You definitely, we, I think the most important thing is that they find a replacement, like a guard who can actually has some experience who can replace Jamal Murray and be a third person for, so that it doesn't all fall on MPJ right away. Um, 
and that kind of alleviates some of that because if if Will does leave, then you don't have Jamal, who's at this point a veteran, Will, who is a veteran, guard backcourt guard, right? You're really just working with Monte Morris, who's great, and Austin Rivers when you're coming to when we're talking about veteran guards. So I think it would behoove them to find somebody to fill that gap. Um, but I really do think that the the future is bright for this Nuggets team. I think next I, I've already heard people say that next year the Nuggets will win the Western Conference Finals. People who I respect their opinions, not just you know people on my timeline, but <laughs> people whose res- opinions I respect have already said that they really do think that once Jamal comes back, kind of around maybe All Star break next season, that the Nuggets are sore. So I think it'll be a Golden State Nugget battling for the West. Hmm. it'll be it'll be great once Jamal's back and that has got to be my biggest takeaway from this wrap-up final pot of the season for the Nuggets we will continue to pod moving forward there'll still be chicken nuggets episodes out there but the biggest happiest thing the only thing that's bringing a smile to my face is that it's closer to when Jamal Murray comes back we are one step closer to Jamal Murray being back on the court my biggest draft from the season is being just like coming to Denver and experiencing this Denver Nuggets family being part of it in the stiffs and for Ryan giving me an opportunity and especially to you Jenna Garcia because Jenna has been the ultimate mentor female mentor you name it uh, a, a lot a lot transpired uh well let me just say it on here uh my boyfriend who i moved out here with left me in denver and drove back across the country we broke up it was a it was a tough thing to deal with not knowing a lot of people and it being during the pandemic but jenna was at my place every night either we watch movies eating crap food or whatever it may be uh but jenna was always there so not only was she a good mentor but a good friend so Honestly, couldn't have dreamed of a better experience of being with the Nuggets and the Stiffs and meeting new people. So that's my biggest takeaway from this season, for sure. Yeah. Well, we loved having you. It was great to have a partner on the pod. You have no idea. I think one of the first, like, after, like, the first week that Riley and I hung out, I was like, I didn't know other girls talk about sports like I do. Like, I didn't know other girls like want to talk about it all the time, not just when invited onto people's podcasts, but like, like I want to talk about it all the time. Or like we would have so many inside jokes that were related back to sports or back to the nuggets even. And it was just so nice for me and eye-opening for me to be like, there are people in our world who like, who look like me, who talk like me, who think maybe, I mean, we don't always think alike Riley, but we, it's just nice to know like, okay, other girls out there exist like this. It was a huge moment for me to get to have a co-host who is a girl who also loves the game of basketball as much as I do and who will rant about it with me for hours and it's not inconvenient for them. So I loved having you as part of our team too and you will be missed, but you guys need to all, all go follow Riley at Riley Biller. She's going to be with the Hornets next season as well. Is that right, Riley? I'm not wrong about that. That is correct. I did sign a contract to come back last week. So, yeah. Hornets. And Hornets I'm- in, in I say Hornets now is my East team, and the Nuggets is my West team. <laughs> I got a huge Hornets poster on my wall, and then I have a Nuggets flag. So, <laughs> That's right. She's repping, holding it down for Nuggets fans across the country. And one of these days, go out there and get to get to experience that side of the world with her. So we'll be back. Don't worry about that. There will be more Chicken Nuggets episodes. And of course, our friendship will still continue from here. You guys can still follow us and follow all of the hot takes we have um, at our at Riley Biller or at Vita Viva Diva. Twitter and Instagram. I'm telling you guys, I know you don't like, there's a lot of people who don't believe women should be in sports or that don't want to give women more opportunities in sports, but it's so important to get different perspectives. And it's been so nice to have this season 
like another woman's perspective on the podcast and just be able to expand the way that I think about basketball and expand what our listeners get to hear. So Riley, the season's to you and to Nikola Jokic. Same same sentence as Nikola. Dedicated to the podcast. That's what this season is. That's right. Chicken nuggets.